Well, good morning. So I'm super excited that you're here. Today is a special day. Today is Vision Sunday for Redeemer City Church. And we have tons of new people. So this is a great day for you to be here to hear about what God has done and what we believe God is going to do. And it all centers around a really important thing. And uh, what we are doing in between services is celebrating baptism. And so there's six of you that have given your lives to Jesus and are going to go public with that. And that is why we do what we do. It's the whole kit and caboodle, right? You ever know what a, you know what a caboodle is? If you don't, you need to Google that. All right, it'll change your life. It's not true. But uh, they were cool back in the 90s. Um, it's a little makeup case, that's right. Jake knew what I was talking about. I'm not sure why you and I are the only ones who know what that is. <laughs> but uh, today, today is going to be a great day. But what I want, where I want to start with you, is what is the vision of Redeemer City Church? What, what is the thing that drives every decision that we make here? Every decision is funneled through one thought one statement one declaration at redeemer city church and if you have been on our website you've probably seen it it is this statement that we exist to share and spread the liberating power of the gospel that is why we do what we do and the way we say that is we're a good news church we are a good news church. That'd be a great place to say an amen if you are in church today. All right. So I thought you were going to stand and praise. That would have been awesome. Like we would have turned a new page at Redeemer City Church. But we're also kicking off a brand new series. So we just came through a series talking about the mind of Christ. And now what we're going to do is we're going to walk through a whole book of the Bible called Galatians. And it was a letter that the Apostle Paul, a couple thousand years ago, wrote to a region. I think a lot of times we see Galatians, they're like, oh, there was a church in Galatia. Well, there was, but it was a whole region. It was a whole group of churches, a whole group of people that he loved. And so what, what's unique about that is in this book, we, we get a vision for the capital C church. And if uh, you're new to church, what I mean by the capital C church is that th- this wasn't like Ephesians where or Corinthians where it was written to a certain group of people. This was written to the church. The collective church, the capital C church, the local church across the world. And it was written to that region. And so it's super important for us that as we consider what is the vision of Redeemer City Church, and I just shared it with you, what what does that look like? What does that look like for you and for me? As because here's the reality: Redeemer City Church isn't just a corporate entity. You are Redeemer City Church. Redeemer City Church is not a building. Thank God. I would pick a better one if it was all about the building, right? <laughs> I don't even get a laugh out of you for that. You, you can acknowledge that we, we've, we've done some good to this building, but it's not all it could be, right? But it's not the building. It's not the lights. It's not the smoke. It's not the... There's no mirrors here. 
There is smoke, but there's no mirrors. But what is the church? The church is the people. The church is us. And so, what does God want to do in us? That's the question, right? What what does God want for His people? And I, I want you to think about that. And as we read these first few verses in Galatians, what, what's important is that what a lot of times we think is a greeting is actually the marching orders for the church. And so as you come, if you have a Bible, go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. And uh, we're just going to walk through the first ten verses. And, and what Paul is going to do, he's an, he's an apostle. He met Christ face to face and received his message directly from God. And, and here's what he says in verse 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia. So just like I said, this was to the churches, to a group of churches. All the brothers and sisters, all of us, all of us, and even thousands of years later, this matters for you and it matters for me. And and here's what he says. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And we're going to stop there. Because Paul has a message for the church. And the message is the mission. Does that make sense? The message, that message, is the mission of the church. So if you haven't been to church uh, before in your life, or maybe church is relatively new, or maybe you went to a totally different kind of church, what, what I want to lay before you is why Redeemer City Church is here, why you are here, and why we do what we do, why every single decision we make matters, why every dollar you give here matters, why every hour you serve matters, everything, why every person who gets in that pool today matters. Because here's what the message is to the church. He says, grace and peace are available to you and to every person in this city through Jesus. That's what matters in life. Every single person in this city has available to them grace and peace. But it only comes through Jesus. You see, if you think about it, the message of the gospel is both inclusive and exclusive, isn't it? The vision of this church is both inclusive and exclusive, is it not? 
Because in reality, here's what Jesus said when He was walking on the same ground that you are walking on this earth. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And in that sense, the gospel is very exclusive. All roads do not lead to the same place. And I need you to know that. All roads do not lead to heaven. All religions do not lead to heaven. The difference, as you've heard me say almost every Sunday, and I will say it every Sunday, is that the difference is that the God of the Bible came for you when you couldn't do anything for yourself. Peace comes through Jesus. And so, what what matters is that there is only one way to grace and peace. But it's also inclusive, isn't it? That same Bible says that Jesus said that His Father in Heaven is not willing that anyone should perish, but that all would come to eternal life. So it's both inclusive and exclusive, but, but the truth of the matter is, is that the gospel is relevant to you in your life and to the life of every human being in this city. Because it is only in that message that grace and peace are available. And for some of you sitting here today, that is your story over the past month or two months, or six months, or a year, or some of you 50 years. That it's only in Jesus that you have experienced grace and peace. And maybe today you don't know Jesus. And I would offer to you that there is only one way to the fulfillment that you are looking for. It's grace and peace coming through Jesus. And here's what's amazing about that and then I said it's the thing that separates the God of the Bible from every other religion and here's why because that grace and peace available to you from God himself came because Jesus came to earth kings and lords and gods don't come to the place of the people but our God and our king came to the people And that's the difference, that Jesus Himself came to earth. And what's the text say? He came because we sin. You and I are on this level playing field in life because you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. And without that recognition, grace and peace doesn't come. It's only when the bad news is delivered that you can get the good news. And Paul says that grace and peace are available because Jesus came to this earth because you had a problem. You had an insurmountable problem that you couldn't overcome. And I love that next verse. It says He came to rescue us from this present evil age. Not literally this one, but from Satan's system. Just look around the world. Look around the world. There is so much that is broken. So much that needs grace and peace. And it came first through Jesus. And He's rescued His church. And now His church, Matthew chapter 5, is the city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. 
You are the light that is in the world. The light that came into the world, the darkness did not overcome it, John chapter 1 says. Jesus. And He rose to life and He's given you life so that you can bring life. And then listen to this. It all happened because of His will. It all happened because it was in God's will. This is for somebody today, right? What situation are you in that you're asking God to change when God's put you in that situation for you to change? Oh, I didn't get a big amen on that one. (laughs) Oftentimes we pray and say, God, would you change this? And God's saying, no, I put it in your life. Would you please change? What situation has God brought your way to change you? Some of you have just recently surrendered to that and allowed God to move in and become Lord of your life. And isn't it beautiful that all of those things happen at the end of verse 5 to bring glory to God. Why is Redeemer City Church here? Why do we exist? To bring good news and to bring good glory to God. That is the twofold purpose of this church. And we flesh that out in a couple different ways that we love God, we share good news, and we serve the city. But all of those things are aimed at with laser focus that everything that we do would, would do those two things that it would bring good news to broken people and that it would glorify God. Everything that we do, every dollar that's spent, every moment that is used to serve is all aimed at that. That is the message. And our mission at Redeemer is that message. So you're not going to see program upon program upon program. What you're going to see is people on mission for Jesus. Bringing good news and glory. That's what we do. That's what we do. And every decision we make flows out of that. But let me just let me just break it down really personally for you at Redeemer City Church. Because did you know that every time you drive a refugee, some of you did that yesterday, I think, to their meeting, you're showing the love of Jesus to them? They know that you are from this church. And whether they ever come and set foot in this church, what they know is that there's a church that I've never been to, that has come and served me, and can't speak to me, but there's something different about those people, and I need to figure that out. You just never know when God is moving in somebody's heart. Every time you serve a meal at Salvation Army, right there, you are being the hands and feet of Jesus. Every single time. There are are people that have come to this church and gotten baptized because of meals that were served and time that was spent and conversations that were had. You're making a difference. Did you know that you're a missionary in Ethiopia right now if you're faithful to give here? There, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of children being taken off the street, rehabilitated and put back in their biological families all in the name of Jesus. Amen? Well, I think you can get a little bit more excited about that than you are right now. 
you know that by faithfully serving and giving here, that six people are getting baptized today just because you have a job and are faithful to be a part of what God's doing in the world? You're making a difference. You're making a difference. Jesus loves a cheerful giver, and today you're going to see why. Amen? It's awesome. It's awesome. But then in verse 6, the rubber meets the road, right? The rubber meets the road because all of that is amazing. And Paul's saying, this is why we do what we do. But what does he say right after that? Look at verse 6. He says, and I am astonished. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. You see, because what happens when you live in the world that we live in is that what, what is true and right and good and freeing gets met with what might feel good and look good and taste good and sound good. But Jesus says there's two roads in life. That one is narrow and leads to life and few find it. But there's one that's broad and fun and leads to death. And many find it. You see, because there's this reality that as the church gathers and as the church grows and as the church begins to see life change, that Satan is also at work. That's why he said that you're being delivered from this present evil age because there's two competing realities is that God has rescued you, tracked you down, is offering you grace and peace through Jesus. But how easy is it for us to, to, to shun that and, and accept some fake and less important counterfeit? Isn't it? You struggle with that just like I do. Paul says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. He says to desert the message is to desert the God of the message. To live for something other than Jesus and the freedom of His people is to live for something else completely. No matter what it is. No matter what it is. Prestige, money. You you fill in the blank for you. I don't know what it is. Your family, your kids, your job, your whatever, your achievement, your laziness, whatever it is. Paul says you can desert Christ because that is turning to a different gospel. You're looking for something else to fill you that can never fill you because he says in verse 7, which is really no gospel at all. And then don't you just love a good bit of sarcasm in the Bible? Can I get an amen? He goes, evidently, <laughs> I just love that, evidently, like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Here's what he says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel, why did he have to say that? Because Lucifer used to be a worship leader in heaven. Satan used to be a worship leader in heaven. If you didn't know that, You know why Satan's so good at distracting you from the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because he was distracted from the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was praising Jesus and one day decided, I I need some of that for me. Does that sound like your life? Man, I just, can I just have a day where it's about me? Yeah. He, He knows where to go after you because he was the author of walking away from Jesus. 
Evidently, some people are confusing you. Verse 8, But even if we were an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. It's a Greek word, anathema. Let them be damned. Paul's saying, if, if, if anyone, including me, leads you from grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, let them be cursed. Let them be damned forever. Jesus would say it this way, anyone who takes a little child and leads them away from me, it would be better for them to have a millstone, a giant rock tied around their neck and drowned in the bottom of the sea. Somebody lift up your voice and say, that's serious. It's a little bit. Evidently, we're easily confused. But evidently, that's a really big deal. Is it not? God is serious about His message being proclaimed for His glory by His people. Can I say that again? God is serious about His message being proclaimed for His glory by His people. Redeemer, this is what God has called us to do. It's the only pursuit worthy in your life. Whatever job you have, whatever family you have, whatever place you live, all of that, regardless of status, position, income, none of that matters. But all of it matters is that you would use that for the proclaiming of God's message to God's people for His glory. That's why we do what we do. Everything else is just the time and place and resources He's allowed you to have to steward it for His glory. That is what it boils down to. But doesn't doesn't Paul, the Apostle, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, know people? Because he ends this opening section in verse 10 with where the rubber meets the road for you and I. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? That's the question, isn't it? That, that, that's where you and I make the decision. I'm going to do all that God has for me. I'm going to follow the will and plan of God. Or I'm going to bend to the pressures of human expectations. That's where, that's where the choice lives for you and I in 21st century United States of America. Am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to win the approval of my boss? Am I trying to win the approval of my friends? Am I trying to win the approval of myself and my achievement? Am I trying to win the approval of men or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That's what it boils down to, church. Who are you living your life for? God or yourself? People or God? One leads to slavery and one leads to freedom. You want to be free in your life? Jesus says, give it away. He says, give it away. He says, if you lay down your life, you'll find it. If you lay down your life, you'll find it. That's what Jesus said when he was walking around on this earth. So what about you? What about you right now? You see, what's, what's beautiful about this is that there's a message in the first half of that text to people who are far from God, who don't know God. Come 
Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come receive grace and peace and satisfaction. Jesus came to earth for you, died on the cross for your sin, so that you could be set free. If you've never confessed Jesus as Lord, submitted to Him as Lord of your life, today is the day. It's really simple. He just says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, you will be saved. Totally different trajectory for the rest of your life. If you haven't done that today, do it right now. Do it right now and then we'll baptize you in your street clothes and it'll be the best day of your life. But then he also says to those of us in the next portion that the gospel's still for you. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for two minutes, two years, 20 years, or 200 years, the gospel's still for you. Because he says, I'm astonished that you so quickly deserted the gospel. That you tasted the gospel and then you deserted it for people. You, you, you folded to the pressure of people. You see, our, our vision at Redeemer City Church is twofold. For the, for, the, for the one that's not here yet. For the one that's not in the family of God yet. And then for the one that is. That you would be reminded every week that there's freedom in Christ that you would reject the idols of this world, that you would get on board with the mission of God and the people of God to reach those who are not yet the people of God for the glory of God. That's why we do what we do. That's why you go to church here. That's why we're going to baptize people. So I want to challenge you. band's going to come up, but I want to challenge you. Two things, two really simple things that in this next season of ministry... Will you engage personally in good news? Will you engage for yourself personally in good news? See, some of you believe the lies of the, of the devil that, that you have gone too far or that you have done too much that God can't possibly use you or love you. And that's a lie from the devil. It's not from Jesus. That today, you can surrender again to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And He will guide you. What does Psalm 23 say? That He will lead you beside still waters. He'll walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Where you can fear no evil because He is with you. What an amazing promise that every day good news is for you. Will you personally engage in good news? Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've been hearing about Jesus for a long time. And you've never just confessed Him as Lord. You've never just said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Today is the day. Don't walk out of here without making Jesus Lord of your life.